Welcome to episode 21 of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. You threw me off there. I know. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I know. I don't know why I did that. I like it. I Maybe like I'll it. do it next time. You should. We'll see. So the last time we talked, I went over all the shit that I was doing recently. Do you want to talk about anything that's going on with you? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't have anything going on. Let's actually talk about how you give me shit all the time about the Goonies, which I do like. And yet you don't like Halloween. Let's get into it. How do you not like Halloween? I don't know. I probably have some repressed, shitty childhood memory from Halloween. Like, the whole thing, like, so here's my biggest fear in life. There's going to be some event, work, whatever. Let's all dress up. And then I'm going to show up and I'm going to be the only motherfucker that does. You're afraid you're going to get legally blonded? Yes. (laughs) That's why you don't like Halloween? That's not why, but that's just one of the shitty things about Halloween. Like, and then it would be okay because it's Halloween and it's funny and it's a prank and it's absolutely... Fuck you. That's not okay. (laughs) Has this happened to you? I... Not that I can remember. You're repressing that. I could. (laughs) When I had my last job, Mm -hmm. every Halloween when we had to work on Halloween, there was different offices and each office had like a theme and you had to dress up like the theme. Oh, that's fun. And every single fucking time I'd show up for work that day and I'm like, if these motherfuckers didn't dress up. <laughs> so pissed. <laughs> like every time. Yeah. I worked there for years and every time I would be pulling in that parking lot and I'd be getting ready. I'd be getting ready to like throat punch some people. And did they? They did dress up. Okay, so this is unfounded. I feel like we need to take this this war against Halloween that you have and reverse it and go, you know what? It's not that bad. Candy. I can go candy. I am an adult. I can go buy my own candy. I know, but you can also get it for free from other people. Bonus. Also, I'm an adult and it's unacceptable for me to now go knock on doors asking for candy. But is it? Or you could also just like ha- go to a Halloween party, and again, what's there? Free booze and candy. Um, yet again, I'm too old. No, you're not. For no, shit no. like that. Nobody is too old for Halloween. Is what I'm saying. Plus, you get to dress up as other people. You can be someone else completely. It's fun. Dressing up goes back to the other thing. I dress up. Nobody else does. And clowns. So many clowns. The clowns I get. The clowns I get. So many clowns. <laughs> yeah. Remember the crazy clown year of 2016? Why? Why were people doing that? That was the worst thing happening at that time. And I look back on it fondly. All I'm going to say is, those motherfuckers are lucky they never creepy fucking clown me. <laughs> Would you have stood your ground, so to speak, here in Texas? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my glory. Yeah. I remember it was it was very much a thing, and they would be like just appearing out of nowhere. Honestly, it was kind of hilarious. I thought I was like, really. I think it's funny how everybody didn't really 
decide. Like there was no like council of clowns that was like, we're going to decide today to haunt everybody. No, it was literally just like random people kind of picked up the meme and ran with it themselves. And every day, everybody did it in their own state and city. And I'm just saying, just saying. Okay. I'm able to sit here today because I never saw one of those motherfuckers. <laughs> now, okay, you, but you like scary movies, right? Um, Horror films, slashers. Only from my childhood that I've seen 865 times. No, you won't watch new ones? No, because they're stupid. <laughs> Why are they stupid? Because they're not like the ones from my childhood. But like, new movies aren't always going to be, no matter, horror or not. Like the ones from your child. I know, but can you beat a good Mike Myers? I think anyone could be International Man of Mystery. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. No, I don't disagree. But like the the remakes that Rob Zombie did were very good. I mean, or... What about... Jason? Like, can you oh, beat a good Jason? Okay, movie? okay. Your girl came back for the latest Halloween. Jamie Lee, mm-hmm. on purpose, mm-hmm. and it's actually supposed to be very good. I haven't seen it yet, but would you watch that? I would watch that because it has the OG person in it. Mm-hmm. Do you watch the show American Horror Story? I only watched the first season. Okay, it's really good. You need to finish it. It's really fucking good. You know, what? I I think I just don't like scary stuff. I think you don't either. That's interesting, because like I always associate true crime and horror. I feel like they're Horror, aliens, true crime, cult, it all kind of goes like in this oh, big you know ball. I don't for think me. aliens are real. Girl, what? How aliens are absolutely real. Everybody knows that we and Eisenhower made a deal with the Greys, and the Anunnaki were very upset by this, and so were the reptilians. I don't know how you're the only one who doesn't know this, Amanda. Come on. Are they speaking to you right now? Uh maybe. <laughs> Um, we'll have to <laughs> see. We'll see you next Tuesday and goodbye. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just saying like the universe is so huge and black holes lead to possible other universes. So yeah, it's very likely there's other life out there. Why would they want to visit the shithole? I don't know. I highly doubt they ever have because I would steer way the fuck clear of this Florida of a planet if I were them. I really would. I'd be like, nah, we're good. I mean, you roll just- them up. You just made my own argument for me. Like, I got nothing. Let's move but on. No, 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 no. You said you don't believe that aliens even exist, not that they visited the planet. Because visiting the planet, you just basically prove that you do believe they exist. They just steer clear of us. Well, I don't think. I don't believe they exist, so they can't steer clear of us. <laughs> but if they did, they would. If you couldn't tell, this is our Halloween episode, everybody. Yay! Yay. Halloween! Only half of us are excited. <laughs> I don't want to say spooky season because I feel like it's like such the live, laugh, love of like saying like hot girl summer or hot, hot vaxxed and waxed, you know? I just can't say it. But... Did you just say vaxxed and waxed? Yeah, that was the, the hot girl summer chant this past summer. Vaxxed I, and waxed, baby. I'm so glad I missed that. Yeah. If I have to hear that <laughs> one more time... I will throw a punch whoever says it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But for me, the month of October, I get really stoked because also, uh, it's also when the weather turns into not just absolute hot trash. And it's also not so cold that you're like, fuck, 
you know, I don't want to go outside. So it's like a beautiful time of year. And then you get to watch all these horror movies and there's like, and then at the end of the month you get to dress up and then I love Day of the Dead, which is like early November. So it kind of bleeds into that. I'm very much into this world. I love it. I am so excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. This is my Goonies. This is the hill I will die on, Amanda. <laughs> so on that note, the person I chose today is very much in the line of Halloween and horror nights. Okay. Elizabeth Bathory, the blood countess. Oh, yes. Snaps. Snaps, everybody. If you tell me she drinks blood, I'm going to throw up. Mm, well, get ready to puke everywhere. Oh, God. Miss Elizabeth Bathory, excuse me, Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Can I be a countess, too? Um, I know you can own a piece of, like, a land in Scotland, and yeah, you actually could be, like, a, a duchess, essentially. You can go online right now and buy, like, a square foot, and you're, no, a lord, I'm sorry. You would be a oh, lord. I, I'm not a guy. You could be a lady. In okay. other words, you, you have a title. You would have a title. No, I, I want to be a countess. Well, girl, I don't know how to make you a countess. Okay, tell me about this bitch. Okay. So Countess Elizabeth Bathory de Eched was born in 1560 on her family's estate in Eched, a castle in Nyarbator, Royal Hungary, or better known as Transylvania. <laughs> yes. Yes, that Transylvania. It has been said, and there's been correlations, and they've been trying to figure out how to correlate her to Dracula. You know who I'm talking about. Yes, I... Just because I don't like Halloween doesn't mean I don't know who that is. I'm just testing. I'm just, I'm worried. I'm concerned. I'm concerned for you. <laughs> Save my soul. <laughs> exactly. Join us. Join us. Um, but the, uh, what's his face? The guy who's based off of, who put everybody on the spikes and shit. And he was, they, from what I understand, they really couldn't tie the, these two people together. But I mean, everybody wants them to be like, yeah. you know, from the same bloodline. Anyway. She was born into royalty, royalty, obviously. Her father was Baron George the Sixth Bathory of the Etched branch of the family, and her mom was Baroness Anna Bathory. Um, through her mom's side, she was the niece of Hungarian noble Stephen Bathory, the King of Poland. So what you're saying is my parents fucked up the countessness for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just another thing they fucked up. I know, right? Let's just blame everything on them. What a bunch of jerks. Yes. Damn boomers. God. <laughs> it's your time to be blamed on, man. I, mean, I as a millennial, I'm tired of getting shit on by everybody. I, mean, I just want to make you. <laughs> you just want a crown. Yes. So why would you not like Halloween? You get a crown. You could wear a crown like the whole day. I, I want to wear it 365. Do it. What's stopping you? I don't want to go to Kerrville State Hospital with my <laughs> friends. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Oh, goodness. So let's get back to the blood countess, shall we? Oh, I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> when Elizabeth was a child, she had seizures that may have been from epilepsy. Again, this is like 1560. So, you know, written records. It's been a hot yeah, minute. I mean, she probably did have epilepsy. Probably. Um, they did marry their own cousins and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and moms and whatever during this time in royal families and inbreeding was what you had to do. Like it was to keep encouraged. It pure. Correct. Exactly. Pure blood. 
as it were. So everyone was inbred. So they, they theorized it might have been from that inbreeding. Um, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. So if when they did it back then, it was among the like royals, the bougie. Mm-hmm. So why do we call people who we look down upon, who we quote unquote would call white trash inbreds? I don't know how the flip happened. That's a really good question because it used to be considered like a, I'm wealthy. Mm-hmm. It's just like being, and again, it's very white centric, but it's true. Um, being larger and white, you had to like white skin, not tanned skin was considered you were rich because if you had tanned skin, you worked outside. Right. And then obviously black skin meant you were a slave. So I don't know where the flip happened. That's really interesting. Mm. Hadn't thought about that, had you? No. Oh, you just you just want to challenge me now because of the Halloween comment that I made. No, I really <laughs> want to know. Like, when did we make this flip of being inbred was being was bougie to being inbred was low class? I don't know, because and especially because it came from European royalty, and we came from Europe, so it's kind of like where did it go from like this is weird to oh, but remember when we came here, we hated them. Yeah, because they we were just discriminated against essentially is what it, what I was taught. I don't know if that's reality or not. So maybe that's it's somewhere along that one. Maybe we yeah, like a complete one eighty from uh-huh. that and then it was like, ooh, we don't want that. We don't want to be like we don't those people. Be like them that yeah and they just Good question. If you know, let us know. Yeah, seriously. So um Epilepsy at the time, the cure for this was rubbing blood on someone. Okay, so this is where I wrote weird things. So you would rub yourself if you had epilepsy with the blood of someone who didn't. You just take take some of their blood and rub it on you, and it's supposed to like help you not have it, or put it on that person's epileptic person's lips, or have them drink it mixed with skull bone of a person who doesn't have epilepsy. Yeah, again, 1560, we're talking, we're coming off the heels of um, some plagues, or we're about to get up in the plague, you know what I'm saying? So, dude, there's a lot of this kind of like, let's rub some herbs on your skin to make things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's thought that there, this might be where her blood addiction came from, is that she was being fed this as a child or something like that. But can you be addicted to blood? Let us find out, shall we? So allegedly she was taught by her family to be cruel and even witness witchcraft and Satanism, but this was never proven. It was a rumor. Elizabeth was actually a Calvinist Protestant. She was well-read and spoke Latin, German, Hungarian, and Greek, which is pretty normal royal stuff, and she wasn't dumb by any means. I mean, she was pretty well-educated and... uh, I'm assuming for a woman at the time, but it sounds like the royalty was educated and the people were not, which makes sense. Like, they need people to be... Why would they want to educate them? If they educate them, they might want to take over. Exactly. Exactly. So at 10, she got engaged to Count Ference Netta as... Oh, oh, what? Rewind. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that weird? Is that... That's weird for you? Yeah, that's weird. I mean, even back then, age 10. Age 10, she became engaged to be married to Ference Nadasdi. I get it's the 1500s. Yeah. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. 
But even at 10, I don't believe that was normal. Mm. That's pretty interesting. So obviously this was arranged for political reasons, which is why you got married as a royal person. Title to secure a land deal or treaty or peace or something with some other country, you know, like Marie Antoinette married the king, the prince of France in order to make sure her country could have good relations with his country, like all this shit, right? I believe she was Austrian or something. Anyway, so daughters were considered bargaining chips to be married off to the next prince that needed saving or the country negotiation. And this boy was four years older than her at the time of their engagement. So 10 to 14. Oh. Which is not as weird. Okay. I thought he was... An old man. Like an adult. Yes. 40s. Right. Which 30s, 40s. Normally, yes. Okay. But in this case... (sighs) Yeah, 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 girl. I know. (laughs) I see what you did that. Yeah. I see what you did that. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I would have done that. Yeah. You've learned from me. I have. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So normally it's the women that are the bargaining chips. But in this case, Ferenc was actually the one. So she, Elizabeth was the one with more standing than her soon-to-be husband. So I think he was the one that was being married off to her because whenever they got married, she basically said, no, you're not, I'm not going to change my name because I'm the one with the most money, wealth, power, land. So he changed his name to hers. What? Oh yes, get the vapors. <sighs> yes, I know. Little, little like okay. <sighs> I thought that was like a millennial thing. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. Hmm. Turns out it's been around for a hot minute. So just keep doing it. Honestly, who cares at this point, right? The whole I'm gonna take your name. I mean, if you want to, sure, do it. But meh. So when she was. 13, she did have a child with a peasant boy before she was to be married at the age of 15. Do you think she, did she have that baby on purpose to not have to get married? I don't know. So I, this is a really interesting period. Um, so I, there's a little bit of like debate about whether this happened or not, if it was a rumor, because it came up, this piece of the story came up after her death. Oh, and so okay. they're thinking, oh, they're just trying to basically call her like a slut. Yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah, what they're trying yeah, to do. Yeah. But I do think there's a kernel of truth there. And, and let me just kind of get into it. So they said, they obviously wouldn't let her keep this per- this child. So they paid another woman to take care of it. Um, and it, it sounds really plausible at the time that this would happen. Like you would pay someone to take care of your illegitimate child. Yeah. The peasant boy would be kind of told to go away too. And... To your point, I can see her not wanting to be in an arranged marriage. She's 13. She's a teenager. And she just wants to live her life. And it happened. And, you know, here we are. So I think it's one of those rumors that there might be a kernel of truth in it. Yeah. I mean, but, or would they just hide the baby till after she got married and then have the baby appear and be like, oh. Because, you know, back then they didn't have birth certificates. Prove the baby's age. Right, right, right. And she could have been like a servant in the house, essentially. Like, oh, this servant is moving in with us and it's really her daughter or her son or something. Or just raise it as her own and have the baby, like right after they got married, have the have the baby mm-hmm. and then just lie about his age by a couple of months. Yeah, that's possible. Especially that young of age, you could probably get away with it for a minute, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So again, she was married at 15. Um, 
uh, Ferenc and her, um, he was 19, 15. Again, this is not that weird for that time. I'm actually glad their ages were only four years apart because, whoa. I mean, like you said, there used to be like 13 to 54. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. Um, so they were married on May 8th, 1575, and they had 4,500 wedding guests. Very. That's like the whole um, village. Yeah, yeah. That's like three villages combined. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, he gifted his bride his house, the the castle. Uh, excuse me, the castle of Jeta. So this proves my theory that he did have less money, and he actually did need her more than she needed him. He also gifted her the country house and seventeen adjacent villages. See, so, forty five hundred is all those seventeen villages. Exactly, literally the whole village is is showed yeah, up. Yes, yeah. everybody. So they soon settled into married life. Um, with him becoming the chief commander of the Hungarian troops, leading him into war with the Ottomans. You know, a lot of shit going on at this time. A lot of political and religious fighting and infighting in Europe. Um, while she stayed back at the castle, and she actually managed the business affairs of the estates while he was away. And her job was actually really difficult because their new castle had been attacked by the Ottomans. So, And they were really close to their territory. So it's not like when you say, like, defending and managing business affairs at the castle. She was doing some heavy shit, right? Um, she also provided medical care for the people during the Long War from 1593 to 1606 and even helped destitute women and allegedly a woman whose daughter was raped and was now pregnant. So she was kind of going out there and making sure all her people were taken care of while this hmm. crazy war was going on, right? Interesting. Right? Then when she was 25, in 1585, she had their first of their five children, Anna. And that's a long time without a child in these days. You know, like, I wonder how people and the royalty felt well, about that. Well, keep in mind, he was off with the army. True. He wasn't home. True. But even still 10 years before you have your first child? You know, because they used to be like, okay, give us a boy. Pump that out so we can have a royal bloodline, right? That was the first thing. I want a boy. We need a boy. And you have to, like, within the first year of marriage, have a child. So you're right. It's probably because he was off. But I am surprised that I there was no, like, what? You know, like, people up in arms about her or something. Well, they probably would have talked about her if she had gotten pregnant because he probably wasn't home. Yeah, it's true. They've been like, that's weird because he hasn't been here for nine months, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So... Um, her other kids okay so her first child was Anna other kids were um, Orsaika, Kata or Katarina Andras and Paul or it's Paul in Hungarian they were all taken care of by governesses of course at the time because you know shit royalty right why not yeah I had five yeah I mean shit at that point I would have like 15 if I have, you know governesses just ah here you go take care of my child so her husband, um, Ferenc, died in 1604 uh, at the age of 48, uh, which what appears to be an illness. So allegedly he had, he had pain in his legs for a long time that eventually made him permanently disabled, hmm. which I thought was interesting. I'm just curious as to what that was. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a medical doctor, so I have no idea what that oh, could... I don't know. I'm not even going to guess. Right? But I think it's interesting that he was a royal that was disabled, because he was the commander of, a, of the war and all yeah. this shit and a royal. I, I don't even know of any other disabled royalty 
Off the top of my head. If they were, there wouldn't be a record of it, I bet. Probably not. Probably like one of those like things they used to hide back uh-huh. in the day. Yeah, for sure. I thought that was very interesting. And also 48 was old. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Right? So they were married for 29 years. It seems like a really happy marriage, actually. And before he died, he willed his kids and his wife essentially to be taken care of by a man named Grigory Thorzo, a guy who would later lead an investigation into Elizabeth's crimes. Okay? Grigory is a pretty interesting, fucking boring guy. (laughs) All at the same time. He was a devout Lutheran, and he devoted his life to building Lutheran churches and guilds. Fun. That was what he devoted his life to. Love that for him. Yes. Fun. So that sounds like a phenomenal story, and we're going to stop right there, and we're done. No, we're not. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, what about all the blood countess shit, right? Like, where's the blood countess? Yes. Let's get into it. I can't wait for the blood. Well, here's the interesting thing. A Lutheran minister named Istvan Magyari complained about her in public and in court about her doing some nefarious acts in the castle, right? So he's writing to these people publicly, and he eventually does do it all the way up to the court, saying, Elizabeth is doing these awful things. Somebody needs to come investigate. Please come take a look and, you know, see these crimes. So this is happening in 1602 to 1604, when she was around 42 to 44, and around the death of her husband. Okay. The authorities took a hot minute to respond to this guy, and in 1610, the king finally assigned Grigory to this case. Again, this is the guy who's supposed to be taking care of her and the kids. Well, he's not really supposed to be taking care of her and the kids. He got assigned to the case. Well, see, but her husband put him in charge pre-this, and then now he's being tapped by the government to now kind of investigate this person he's now in charge. So I feel like there's this really interesting like conflict of interest going on here. I feel like he was put in place for a reason. You think so? Like, I think the government put him in there. That's a possibility. Yeah. It's, I mean, who knows? Again. Do you think she really knew how to read and write? Do I think she did? Uh-huh. Yes. Absolutely. I think that there's certain things that are, again, I think everything has a kernel of truth. It's just... How much is true is the question. I think he was put in there. Like, had she ever seen Gregory before? mm So how did she know that was the real one? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Good point. I don't ever know. Agatha Christie, the shit. <laughs> You're over here, murder, she wrote in it. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I, it's all coincidental because the police put him there. Yeah. Yep. So Grigory started collecting evidence for this case that he's been assigned to. And by October of that year, in 1610, he had 52 witness statements. And then a year later, in October of 1611, there were over 300 statements. Yeah. From witnesses that saw her nefarious acts. So here we go. These statements allege that she began SP, ship pothole, Killing local girls, um, starting with girls ages around 10 to 14 years old. The girls were sent to her castle to learn courtly etiquette, but some were also abducted. And here's some of the things that um, we're going to call her Liz, was accused of. Severe beatings, 
burning or mutilation of hands, biting flesh off the faces, arms, and other body parts, freezing or starving to death people, using needles, not sure how, gross. Um, others said girls were burned alive with hot tongs and then put in freezing water, and some were covered in honey and ants. And then lastly, the accusation, cannibalism by Liz, and even some in claiming that girls would have to eat their own flesh before oh. she would, you know, all this crazy shit. Oh. Yeah. That's cuckoo cocoa puffs. Bloodletting, her drinking the blood of virgins, her bathing in the blood of virgins to That's remain crazy. young and beautiful, immortal. I'm sure she did that. I mean, who wouldn't? Sign me up, baby. It's my plans for later. There it is. <laughs> So some witnesses named the girls that they knew that actually died in the castle, and others said they they just saw the mutilated bodies later. And oh, yes, he, she left them lying. Absolutely. I mean, because you know what you do is decor. It's a castle. You need the gory decor to go in the yes, castle. Yes, exactly. You just lean it up against the wall, and then you move on with your fucking day. You don't put Laura Ashley floral in a castle. No, that is not happening. No, Mm-mm. <laughs> it's total clash. Mm-hmm. So. Even court officials got into this mix, claiming that they personally saw her do all these things. And in my head, I'm thinking, if you are personally seeing her as a court official doing these things, why the fuck don't you stop her? Well, because it's not a crime until she's done. Oh, gotta get... So you gotta, like, let her finish it. Uh Uh-huh. Watch her bathe in the blood naked. Yes. And then you're like, okay, now I gotta take... And now I'm gonna go to the court. Yeah. I'm gonna wait till Mm. someone else... Mm. reports it because if I do it myself they're not going to believe me no because I'm only a court official exactly I'm going to wait until this guy comes around and then all these other witnesses and stuff okay yeah makes exactly. sense okay mm-hmm. so not looking good for Liz things are not looking good bless her heart uh, yeah. she's just trying to bathe in the blood of the virgin exactly is this so difficult I mean get real guys so in December of 1610, the court at the time confirmed that Gregory should have the estate and Elizabeth should be imprisoned. Hmm. Oh, the man's gets the estate. I gotcha. Hmm. Interesting. Then Gregory went to the castle and arrested Liz and her four servants who allegedly helped her with these crimes. Um, and when they got there, they caught her in the act. Actually, no, she was just having dinner, but that's... Yes, but was it somebody's left hand? We don't know. I'm just saying it could have been. Yeah. So obviously the sexier version of that story is like she was committing all these crimes. They walked in on her doing it. And according to Gregory, in a letter to his wife, he found a dead girl and another living one in the castle was living prey. You know, just waiting to be sacrificed to this evil beast. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. Totally real. So, Greer was also going around telling people in the village that he had caught her in the act. Um, but really, she was arrested before the discovery of the victims. So, like, but the. So okay, sure, dude. If they had no victim. Oh, they had witnesses. Gotcha. Yeah, the witnesses with the victims and the. Mm-hmm. He's clout chasing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, since a full trial and execution would have caused a massive scandal since she was a noble. Which can't have that. To me, doesn't make sense because Mary, Queen of Scots, was fucking beheaded. Marie Antoinette was beheaded. A lot of others were beheaded. And there was a massive 
trial or no trial and execution. So I don't fully understand that theory. Different time, different place? I, I guess. So, and it's later actually, because Marie was in 1700s. So you would think 200 years before, they would have been like, eh, Maybe she's a witch. They paid her off. I'm actually surprised that the witch theory doesn't enter here at all. There's no witch, Satanism, or, well, there's Satanism, yes. They do claim that she potentially was like in Congress with Satan. But like the whole idea that she was doing this because of witchcraft wasn't really breached as much as I thought it would, as it would be. I mean, you had women in, in the, around the same time in America living their lives and being called a witch because they, I don't even know, like made a soup that tasted like something. And they're like, what is this herb that you're using? You know what I mean? Maybe they didn't have witches there. They have to. That's the OGs of the witches, man. Like the Druids and all that shit. That, that stuff came from the... Well, I don't know. Just <laughs> it's it's interesting though. I was just like, okay, cool. Let's just like charge her with every kind of crime that we can possibly think of that just sounds horrific, right? So, um, the other th interesting thing here is the reason why they didn't want a full trial and execution is her property would have been seized by the crown. And that's not good for any of these people who are involved in this investigation. So they debated on sending her to a nunnery, but her reputation was so much that they decided that she should just be under house arrest for the rest of her life instead. Well, that makes sense. In a castle? Yeah. With servants? Yeah. That's such a terrible punishment. T's and P's, man. T's and P's. Yeah. God, I hope that's my punishment when I commit my crime. Living in a castle for the rest of your life. With oh, servants. You definitely have your five acres. That's for damn sure. Mm -hmm. Probably have like 400. Yes. With my servants. Ooh, on a hill. Like mm -hmm. in the Scottish countryside. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, that'd be really nice. Mm -hmm. Hope that's my punishment. <laughs> I, would, I would be right there with you. That sounds like a great, I mean, awful, Horrible awful, awful, awfulness. Terrible. The Terrible. worst. Mm -hmm. mm. So... Most of these witnesses testified they were basing their accounts on hearsay that they heard from someone else. Her four servants confessed of everything under torture. Well, let's get real. Who fucking would it? Yeah. I mean, you torture me. I'm The first time you touch me, I'm going to sing like a canary. Exactly. Or I'm going to make something up so you'll just stop. Exactly. And what are you going to make up? Oh, I, I saw her eating the flesh of young girls. Like, you're going to throw some crazy shit out there to have them leave you alone. Yeah. Of course. So there's no document to prove that anyone in the area actually complained about her. So this is interesting. This is a little context. So apparently this is very common at the time. If anyone did anything against another person, even stealing a chicken, a letter of complaint was written. So, that never existed. What's a letter of complaint? So, like, you steal my chicken. I go, this bitch Amanda here just stole my chicken, and then you file that with the court. Oh, you best believe I'm going to file a complaint if you steal my fucking chicken. <laughs> well, that and also, if I saw her, like, bathing in blood of innocent young girls, I would probably write a complaint. Yes. Maybe a little, maybe it might be a couple of pages. I might, you know... Just a few. Hand walk that. Yeah. Over. Just 
Make sure they get it. Mm -hmm. I might even not even put it in an envelope or fold it to make sure they can read it. Yeah, like I'm just going to stand here while you read this and look with your face while I'm looking at you and read this. Okay. Let me read it to you. Yeah, there it is. Exactly. But no, there's no document whatsoever. So, in 1610, after she got convicted of this, she wrote a will and left all her current and future inheritance to her children. Then before her death in 1614, she officially signed this away to her children. Um, her last words were uh, to her bodyguard, actually. So she did have a bodyguard, which I think was interesting in the castle. I'm assuming to keep people away from her because, you know, her reputation spread very quickly about this blood countess shit. So it's probably, like, to protect her from being, like, hurt by some Murder. random... Yeah. <laughs> by some random person, exactly. Or is it to make sure she didn't leave the castle? Probably that, too. I'm, I'm going to go with a little bit of both. Keep her in, keep them out. Yeah, because, I mean, there was no locks or ankle monitors. Or... <laughs> anklet. Just a cute little, little anklet. You know, Bedazzle. The black one. Yeah, yeah. fun. Um, so this is what she said. She complained that her hands were cold to him, and he said, it's nothing, mistress, just go lie down. And then the next morning, they discovered her dead in her bed at the age of 54. Wow, that's old, and I think she probably committed suicide. You think? I think she poisoned herself because she signed her will right before she died. Mm-hmm. Or she died of a broken heart. Then she would have died earlier. That's probably true. But her hands were cold. I mean, like, that it does feel very poisony. Like, maybe she mm-hmm. poisoned her, like you said, poisoned herself, and she was complaining to him, and he was like, don't worry about it, it's fine. And she just went to bed, and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. She was buried in Jaita local church on November of 1614, but the villagers were like, absolutely not, because we believe that she did all these crimes. And so she was moved back to her hometown of Etched um, in her hometown cemetery, where she's buried in the family crypt. But the location of her body to this day is unknown. Yeah. Why? She's not in the crypt. What's in the crypt? So you Not her body. They, you, then why'd they move? They may have originally moved her there, but whenever they went, I guess recently, to go like, you know, hey, let's go look at her body. Not there. Yes. So why this woman, right? Why this woman with wealth? It seemed like she was a pretty chill person pre all this shit. It's believed now that all this was politically motivated, with men trying to get her extensive wealth and power after her husband's death. So they needed to create a story about how bad she was in order to really, really get rid of her. And this, unfortunately, was pretty consistent with the time in which this was happening. Yeah. So she came to be known as the Blood Countess and bathed in the blood of virgins for beauty, youth, and and of course, my personal favorite that I like to believe, it's not stated, but immortality, because, I mean, yeah. And what I like to believe about her is that she was this, like, nefarious supervillain who, like, tortured girls to her own benefit, like this perfect movie, you know, badass. Ha! Ah. But reality is more like she was railroaded into this awful end-of-life experience because people wanted her money and land. So, would you like to know what she looks like in my head? What? Elvira. I wish I could give you Elvira, but that would be a phenomenal person to play her. She just doesn't look like her. In my head the entire time, that's who I pictured. I love that. 
Elvira would probably be like, thanks. You know what I mean? So it's Halloween season, so maybe because her body hasn't been found, she's roaming the countryside of Transylvania now, searching for new female victims to claim. Ha ha ha! And that's the story of Elizabeth Bathory. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Thanks. Oh my god, she's so, I don't know, I feel like... What if she didn't die and there was never a body there? I'm just, hmm? What if the bodyguard was like, she's dead, but he actually like snuck her out the back? Yes. Possibly. So she could live in peace. Maybe. We don't know. That, that actually may have happened. I'm just throwing that out there. Hey, I don't disagree. Or that happened and she's immortal and she's still alive today. Yes, she's immortal. Roaming the countryside. <laughs> I did that for, just for you. Thank you. I got very excited. I know. So, no, it's not Australia, obviously, but Transylvania, man. Oh, that was good. That was good. I couldn't pass up Transylvania. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. Who do you have for us today? Well, my star mom today is Miss Kristen Bell. Oh, shit. Yes. I'm going to tell you all about her because she is amazing. So she was born July 18th, 1980 in Huntington Woods, Michigan, which is in the burbs of Detroit. Oh. Kristen's parents divorced when she was still a toddler, um, but she's close with her stepmom and her stepsisters. So it's not like a terrible family situation. It's not weird. No, no, no. She gets along with her dad, her stepmom, her stepsisters. I mean, could you... She's so cute. Can you imagine her not getting along? She's cutie. Oh, I she follow is. her on Instagram. She's great. So she attended Detroit's Burton International, which is a multicultural school for gifted children. So, y'all, I'm so stupid. <laughs> what? I was like, aren't all schools multicultural? No, that's <laughs> because they have kids from all. From all, from all cultures. Yeah, that's a, is that stupid? Because I I'm thinking the same way. <laughs> no, that's not what they are. Oh God, what is it? So we're gonna pretend we all have the same question. Okay. So multicultural education refers to any form of education or teaching that incorporates the history, text, values, beliefs, and perspectives of people from different cultural backgrounds. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm stupid, too. Oh, my God. That's cool, though. I like that. Yeah, I love that. I think all schools need to be multicultural education. 100%. So I think it's stupid that they're not. Um, so she took um, singing lessons and tap class. And while she was still in high school um, at Shrine High School, she honed her acting abilities with a local community theater troupe. They were called Stagecrafters. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's so bad. I'm sorry. As, as someone who used to do theater and was in theater and took it in college and all that shit, improv and theater people are the worst. We're the worst, man. We're so bad. I love that. I know. It's awful. <laughs> so, so by the time she was um, 14, she had an agent. But she would only take work locally because um, she wanted to remain a kid and she was making a name for herself locally. So 
it was fine. Yeah. Um, so Kristen was accepted into the Tisch School of the Arts at NYU. Ooh. That's impressive. Yeah. So she started the fall of 1998. And while at NYU, um, she studied musical theater and appeared in on-campus productions. In 2001, during her senior year at NYU, she was cast as Becky Thatcher in The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Nice. And she's quit school just four credits shy of her degree. Oh. Can you imagine? NYU. I'm petitioning that she gets those four credits and she gets her degree. I'm sure. I'm. Didn't they give her an honorary one? No. Ah, oh, damn. So in 2002 is when Kristen started her Broadway career. She was in The Crucible with Liam Neeson and Laura Linney. Ooh. And an off-Broadway production of Reaper Madness. <laughs> Later in the year, at the encouragement of her friends, she moved to the other coast. And that's when she moved to L.A. Got it. And she had only been in L.A. when she got the part in The Shield. And she had a co-starring role in the Hallmark movie, The King and Queen of Moonlight Bay. I really wish I'd watched that. Yeah. I'm sure it's on the Hallmark. Like, they keep those movies up. Yes. You know what I mean? I I need to find that. Yes, you do. (laughs) So, when she was 23 and just over a year after she moved to L.A., she actually got her big break when she was cast as Gracie in the 2004 Lifetime movie, Gracie's Choice. I should have watched that as well. Oh my god, I, I think I may have. Keep talking. I want to look at this. There were so many mistakes made in this research. No, no, you're good. Keep After going. this role, critics said she would be an actress to be reckoned with. And so in 2004, she also was in Deadwood on HBO. And she leapt to the big screen in Spartan. This was also when she landed her big role as Veronica Mars. Oh, yeah. The Veronica Mars life. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get into that show. I know that's a crime against humanity for a lot of people. But it's supposed to be really good, so I want to watch it. I didn't either. We should watch it together. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like, not always together, but at the same time. Right, right, right. I know me. Like, was this around the time that she did Fanboys? Because that's the movie I really knew her from. Me, personally. I don't know, because I don't think I have that on here. Okay. I mean, I don't have everything. I just have, like, the big important ones. Um, Have you seen Fanboys about watching um, episode one in Star Wars? It's kind of fucking a big deal. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank Probably you. Probably not. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> what? Uh, so, um, Kristen actually loved playing Veronica Mars, because she loved playing a strong female character. Yeah. So, you know, I honestly think, like, we can all agree her career took off, like, yeah. And I I don't need to recite her whole resume. Ooh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, too. Uh-huh. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we re- what we really need to talk about is in 2007 when she began her relationship with Dak Shepard. Yes. Oh, they're so cute. They're so cute together. In 2012, they announced they were pregnant with their first child, and they welcomed... Oh, their kids' names are so cute. Lincoln Bell in March 2013. Then they got married in October 2013. And in December 24, or December 2014, they welcomed Delta Bell. Oh, God. <laughs> Delta Bell. Lincoln Bell and Delta Bell. I love it. I like so, designing housewives. Well, because she's Kristen Bell. No, not designing housewives, designing, designing women. women. 
But she's Kristen Bell. Yes. So, yeah. You know, their yeah. last name's Shepard. So, in 20, February 2019, Kristen and Dax started their company, Hello Bello. <laughs> I just love everything about her. She's so cute. I loved her on that um, TV show. Um, oh, my God. The Good Place. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's on Netflix right now. Yes. Yeah. I is so cute. I love that show. Yeah, what the yeah. fork? <laughs> I didn't say fork. I said what the fork. <laughs> so funny. Um, so Hello Bello, it's a plant-based baby product line. And they started Hello Bello because they wanted to provide the best products at affordable prices. Nice. Because, you know, if you get, like, the organic, the plant-based, anything, it is so outrageously priced. Right. Oh, God, yeah. True. And so Kristen's been extremely outspoken on how important it is to give back to her community and the world. And she has said, I quote, when I see something unjust, I have to intervene. It is hard for me to watch underdogs suffer. So her philanthropy covers many issues such as women's rights, disaster relief, and global recovery. She works closely with several um, amazing organizations that work on problems facing those living in extreme poverty. Um, That's awesome. She's involved in Charity Water, DoSomething.org, the Sam Buru Project, PETA, Alzheimer's Association, Baby to Baby, and more. So this is what makes her a star mom. She's involved in all these charities, and she really does love to give back and help people. Like, if you follow her on Instagram, you can see, like, she will give away their Hello Bello products uh-huh. to people who need them. Aww. So it's really cute. But this, this is why she's the star mom. Okay. So the Shepherd kids, they get into the philanthropy as well. Really? So, Kristen and Dax were donating to No Kid Hungry. Yeah, yeah. So, Lincoln and Delta heard Kristen on the phone making the donation, and they wanted to help out, too. So they, could, so, they asked if they could donate the money from their piggy banks. So, while Kristen was on the phone, she added the $7.96 to her donation. Oh. And that is why she is the star mom. She is passing along... Her important ethics values onto her sweet children. Um, and they will continue on. Love that. Yay, Kristen. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I see, like, she comes across my feet every once in a while, too. And, like, I think, like, she, like you said, she's so goddamn cute. But, yeah, she just always is one of those people that is always posting about giving to back and, like, donating and helping and community awareness and I really admire that because like yeah. if you have a platform you know you know you as a person who's famous you don't have to use it like that but she is and I think that's yeah. super cool you know I mean she could be only posting selfies and only trying to sling her own brand of clothes right but she's not right yeah, it's super cool. And you don't see her kids' faces. When she posts her kids on Instagram, she covers them up with a giant emoji. Yeah, I I appreciate that. You know, Heidi Klum does that too, actually. She did that all the way until her daughter finally did her first runway show. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, 
you want your kids to have their own life. They may not want to be a public figure. You know, you are, doesn't mean they are. Totally respect that completely. Yeah. And her husband, Dax, has one of the most popular podcasts in the world right now, Armchair Expert. Mm-hmm. So kind of cool to have a podcasting little reference there too. Well, you know, Fellow I try. podcasters, yeah. I try. Oh, man, what are you going to do? <laughs> Hell yeah, girl. Boom. And in the movie Fanboys, at the Halloween party <laughs> where she was at, and then, then they were like, let's road trip, bruh, to go see the movie. You have to see it. Okay. You have to see the movie. Okay. Well, we're going to watch Veronica Mars. You all should watch it with us. Ooh, shit. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then we'll... Discuss. Discuss. Where the hell even is Veronica Mars right now? Can I you, guess like, you can Hulu it or Netflix it. I'm, I'm typing. We're looking. Amazon Prime it. I mean, these people want their dollar. Hulu? Huh. What did I just say, y'all? There Hulu. it is. There it is. Well, I'll Hulu okay. it. When we're done with episode one, we'll get on the Twitters and the IGs and we'll discuss. Love it. And speaking of discussing, hey guys, when we're doing this podcast, we have a couple of links in our link tree we just want you to be aware of. One is get yourself a sticker. Sticker. Donate whatever you feel for it. That's the whole point of it is we love y'all and we just want you to have this badass sticker that we got. Sticker. And also, um, stay tuned. Our Patreon page is about to blow the fuck up with something we are working on. Secrets. Secrets, secrets. Yes. So stay tuned. It's Patreon only, exclusive, and it's only going to be there. So we're putting a lot of work into it. A lot of work. It has taken over my life. Yes. (laughs) She's like, oh my God, it's taken over my life. It's taken over my life. I will never get this part of my life back, but I love it so much. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. A thousand percent. Yeah. It'll be good. So stay tuned for that. Um, follow us everywhere you can. Of course, we're on everything. Um, and yeah, if you feel like you want to donate to us, that would really help a lot. We do have podcasting fees and things we are saving up for to get to further our podcast. And hit the little five star button. We appreciate oh, that yeah. too, because that yeah. helps us with like reading. Like, yeah, you know, getting lists, out there lists, and it, then it recommends us to other people. All that shit. Yeah, you guys get it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, point is, thank you so much for listening to us, and happy Halloween. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.